Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special live broadcast from Radio Primavera Sound. We have in our studio right now one of today's most exciting bands on the bill. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for really? Black Midi. Yeah! Is this the first festival of the year you're playing? Uh, um, probably. Yeah, I think so. Technically, the first like proper festival. Yeah. Like outdoors and people and... It's the first vibes, festival you know? that I can remember. No, we did Coachella. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. yeah. The first, the, the first festival I can remember playing in the my first life. Real festival. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. but the first European based yes. festival. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. It's the first festival in Ever. the list of best festivals. Of Number show. one, huh? Yes. Wait, can, can they hear us? Yes, yeah. they can oh, hear us. Oh, shit. <laughs> Technology, We're, eh? Oh, We're play. live and Time we have some end, very bro. good loudspeakers. Um, th does it feel special to be playing festivals again after the last two years yeah. where it's yeah. very daunting? Absolutely, cool. man. Festivals yeah. are one of the greatest things in the world. Then again, it was a festival every day at my house in the lockdown, man. There was the lot, you know, it was, it was the, 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 the party on the strip every night of the week. Yeah, man. We, we got a comedian. Over here. <laughs> no comedians, it's true. Well, you, you, you're super dapperly dressed today. I mean, uh, Jordi, you, you, you've, you've come with the, with the elegance to really get up in a casino and give up a life. Hey, it's, it's no coincidence. We, How hey, do you think casino. we got the money to come here? Casino. Yeah. The first album Steve didn't Albini make boy. shit, broke even, just took that, you know, 100 pounds that we got. I made another couple 10 grand and then you know, <laughs> 10 grand 10 yeah, million. another couple 10 grand you know yeah, yeah. and then we made that into another couple hundred grand and then we made album three uh, is album okay hang on hang on we won't talk about hellfire uh, yet oh, okay we will but not yet i have an order to respect uh, <laughs> oh, okay. first of all i mean a lot of uh, artists found uh, the pandemic a fruitful time to be creative because you didn't have the, pr the the timetable you know you had to stay home and lock be locked down was that uh Judging from your releases, Cavalcade was having an incredible triumph of a second album. But was it productive for you, apart from the releases? Was it good? Were you in a good space creatively? Yes. Yeah, it was good. Big but, time. But, but all of the songs, we only made we made them all before the pandemic. And like we basically got in this, this really crazy like writer's block. And in, we basically just had this backlog of songs. And then uh, just over the course of the pandemic, we're like just looking back because we couldn't write anything. We just, it was literally we just get into a room and just sit down and be like, yeah. didn't know what we were doing so the 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 two years or whatever we were just going through the backlogs basically this is our like archives why do you reckon that was why did you get Whoa. that uh, oh that <laughs> i'm done yeah. yeah. <laughs> multiple angles fuck um i think it's because the way we were writing around the first record schlagenheim was very much like all four of us in the room jamming recording things picking out the best bits but it just wasn't that productive and like we were touring a lot in 2019 and um like cam said we just ended up hitting a bit of a brick wall yeah and through the archives, through the archives you know what i'm saying so a lot of the songs um that we did were songs that we had um written when we first started playing instruments so like when we were like 11 12 years old so um it was good to take those the youthful joy of those songs and imbue them with a bit more 
technicality Maturity. or kind of mature, um, you know, consideration or whatever. And also, fun fact, the band was actually birthed. At Primavera Sound. In 2016. What? Right, right over there. Me and Geordie yeah. were hanging out and we were like, do you know what? We can do this, we'll have man. A little baby. We we can we can we can be a band. Yeah. Literally, no word of a lie. This, this is everyone. We're in Primavera historical baby. land. Yeah, you get me. Ground, yeah. Primavera Sound was the birthplace of Black Midi. Yeah, because we, no, we, we saw a band playing, and we thought, "This is this looks easy, man. We can we can we can fool <laughs> these mother. We, we can, can fool these idiots. Yeah. yeah. Was it one of these? What band was it? Goat. Goats. Yeah, yeah. The psychedelic band. Yeah, yeah. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, right? You've just knocked me like I, I, I'm. I'm trying to process this. So you guys were like young kids here, like we in Barcelona. Like, yeah, like 15, we were young, man. 15, 16. So when most young bands they start learning to play together as a band, did you already? How long had you started learning to play instruments? We well, basically, we all we all played guitar at the beginning, and then when we when we went to Brit, the college we met at, um, they put us <coughs> into this group. And there were like six guitarists, and there was a keyboard player and two singers. Um, basically, we had to make have this decision who played bass and who was going to play drums. And it got really heated. Like we, it, it got pretty bad. Like we ended up having this huge fight. Yeah, it like wasn't me, good. Me, Morgan, Jordy, and Matt. We were like taking bites out of each other, oh. throwing microphone stands. It was fucked up, and we nearly got kicked out of school. But in the end, me and Morgan lost the fight. So Morgan, we did like a like rock paper scissors vibe. And um, Morgan Morgan played the drums and I played the bass and that's how we started learning. Wait a minute. You did not know how to play drums before... Oh my God. I, I didn't even know what a drum kit was, man. Drum kit? What's that? Ladies and gentlemen, no, I, I mean, Mor Morgan, you are considered one of the best drummers of your generation. Oh. You even won an award for best drummer of the year. And you it's not like you were playing since you were from the age of four or you had a... A parent who was a, a jazz press, musician. It's a press story. It's a press story exactly. to sell records. Yeah, it's we're, a good thing we had that fight. We're fooling you all, you know. It's just fun and games. <laughs> I'm very gullible. Don't, don't, don't. You know, I'm gonna, you make me look like a fool out here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah, he's been playing since the age of three. You know, he's uh, from a family of, of long, you know, long tradition of drummers and stuff. No, but seriously, I mean, how how many hours practice do you do on your own? I mean. You're not, you weren't far off the mark. I actually started playing when I was two. Right. And my whole family is musical. Um, I grew up playing in church and uh, started playing in church when I was like four or five. And yeah, did that for about 10 years. Lived in a very, very boring area of England, which I won't even mention because it's not worth going to. Sorry, sorry guys. And then England is dead, apart from London. London is the only place worth going London, in London, London, London. Um, and then went to school, met these guys, and the rest is history in a way. And yeah. who who were your like patron saints, like who you'd sort of listen to and study to to get drum patterns and and learn the craft? Billy Cobham, Tony Williams, uh, Mitch Mitchell, all the fucking greats, man. Definitely at that time, like Zach Kill, because it was like, oh, Death Grips, yeah, yeah, they're a cool band, whatever. Um, but yeah, they're, they're some of the inspirations. Yeah, and nowadays, uh, now that you've managed to sort out writer's block issues and things, uh, when you're approaching making new music, what's the creative process? Do you, do you each come in with sketches or do you try and come in from and, and start from scratch? Um, everything, but uh, depends on the song. Um, a lot of the songs start as a game, as a pastiche saying, 
wouldn't it be funny if we did a song in this sort of style? And um, of course, it never actually ends up being um, strictly in that style, but it's good to have a jump off point of saying, oh, it would be funny if we made, uh, you know, a country song or a hillbilly song or, uh, you know, a gospel song or whatever, you know. It's, it's good to have these kind of ridiculous um, starting points. Mm -hmm. Well, I imagine the Yes. Cavill covers is is, an, is a wonderful creative exercise, you know, covering other people's songs. King Crimson, Captain Beefheart, it makes perfect <coughs> sense. Taylor Swift's love story, that might not be such an obvious choice for Black Midi. What was it that drew you to well, that the, song? The producer is this man called Sizzle. So Sizzle. He can Sizzle. talk about how he Everyone that say hello, Sizzle. Sizzle. Everyone wave to Sizzle. The fucking go. Hello. The greatest of all time. So Sizzle, tell us about how you produced Cavill covers. Um, it's not much to say, is it? Put you in a room, <laughs> put some mics up, hit record. That was pretty much so the vibe. What microphones did you use? <laughs> <laughs> what what preamps, man? Uh, all the good stuff. Mm. <laughs> all the good stuff. And but seriously, like, was there a long list of songs to cover, and you ended up just with those three? Like, what we, other? We songs? just we just let our label decide. They <laughs> told us what to do. So. Do you get on well with your label? Well, it's a bit difficult. They keep telling us to put like TikToks up and stuff and like do Facebook posts and write songs and record albums. It's a bit like... It's a bit jarring. It's too much. Seriously, are, yeah. you, are you pulling my leg? I mean, you, you have to have those conversations as if you were on like no, Sony no, no, or no, Columbia. No, 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 they, they really do. Like it's... it's um, Jeff. It's a problem. No, no, Jeff is cool, but it's the new guard that's yeah. coming in. Yeah. You know, and you know, just doing stuff behind the scenes, man. I mean, it's cheeky. Tom, Cancel. his son. <laughs> no, in in all seriousness, Rough Trade are very. We're very lucky in that, you know, our label, publishers, management, agent, we all uh, they all understand what we're trying to do because I think we know a lot of artists who are in the wrong hands, you know, and therefore uh, get pushed in the wrong direction. But we get on really well with everyone we work with. Yeah, and Tom Travis mm. knows an awful lot about wine and cheese. So anytime, you know, you're going around the world exploring with him and everything, he'll tell you, okay, this is the wine to get, this is the cheese to get. I don't understand it. He takes it, it tastes like yogurt to me. And he goes, and uh, it, tastes, it tastes like yogurt, mm, it tastes like Pepsi Fleur. I mean, yeah, I guess so, yeah. But that's not verbatim what he says, but that's kind of the vibe. So... What, what's the bougiest thing you've done since you've become rock stars or, you know, an, an established band, a recognized band who tours the world? Um, don't know. Get love, stay in the restaurant, stuff like that. And, You're um, wearing a jacket for, yeah, you know, I dinner jacket. Know. <laughs> dinner yeah. You know, this is just for you, mind you. Play this festival. You know, I'm, I'm taking off. I'm putting on tracksuit bottoms for a show. You know, <laughs> it's going to be very, 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 you know, whatever the antithesis of chic that's got a show. But for you, my friend, Freak it's um, very bourgeois. You know, quite gaudy. You did yeah. your research. You know who you were going to talk to. I mean... I, it's a man with a Julio Iglesias t-shirt. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The man, the man. You know your shit, bro. All the lessons you have to learn are in Julio Iglesias' career. Um, <laughs> but uh, going back to uh, the, 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 this whole, the, the, the covers, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. You managed to sit down with uh, someone you, you looked up to uh, from King Crimson, Bill. Damn it, I got my notes. Um, Buford. Buford, sorry, uh, my, the name escaped me. What was that like, hanging on with one of your idols and being able to have this rapport with? Fucking weird, to be honest. Like, 
you know, he's for a little while been like a long time hero of mine. And um, yeah, this podcast reached out to the band and was asking us if there's anyone you want to talk to. Uh, like, you know, we'd be able to set it up. And we went a bit A-list with the list, as, as you would, right? Uh, you got to try your luck. Um, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, Floyd Mayweather, you know, Muhammad Ali, people like that. I mean, you can have that conversation for free, go to the graveyard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then um, I suggested Bill Bruford. Next thing you know, I'm in his house uh, and we were just hanging out. It felt very, um, he's just a fucking cool guy. Yeah. Like he's really, really down to earth. And we were talking about drums a little bit, but just kind of general shit, you know? Like I think some of... uh, those types of conversations can get super nerdy, which, you know, some people are there for, but, uh, you know, we were just talking about music mm. and it was a fucking pleasure, man. It yeah. was so cool. Yeah. It was really good. I can imagine. And uh, the oh. thing about the label and the TikToks and stuff, you guys are, f- are quite famous amongst professionals for uh, <laughs> not allowing uh, videotaping of interviews and stuff. You're quite protective of your, of your image. Uh, was this a conscious decision early on? Like, and, and can you explain why you, you take these measures? It's because we're really self-conscious mm. about our appearance. Yeah. The reason why we have sunglasses when we play live is because otherwise everyone would see them crying the whole time. It's really struggle. It's, it's a struggle on stage. When I see Shank <clears throat> plays the keyboard and when I see the crowd, it's just the tears start flowing. Yeah. So no, yeah, we just, mm. we just like to be in our own space. Yeah. We like to do our own thing. Who cares? You know? mm-hmm. every, every, all of these decisions are less of a conscious kind of... Um, set out you know um manifesto kind of thing and more just like you know situation to situation saying do we do this do we not do this why should we do this if there's no reason to do this we don't do this come through this lyrics lyrics <laughs> lyrics speaking of lyrics speaking of the music as i say cavalcade was a triumph of an album it, it broadened your sonic palette <coughs> There's music that, as my mum would say, there's actually songs like Marlon Dietrich that she could listen to uh, instead of all that racket, as she would say. Uh, what do your What do your families think of the music you make? Um, mixed. They th- I think they like it. Did you mean they just like that we're doing something that's fun and good, and we're not on the street, you know, getting up to mischief or you know, working a job we hate. You know, we're just doing this stupid thing, and somehow making the semblance of a living yeah well sizzle you're my second cousin so i mean you can sort of speak for yourself about what you think as a family member i hate it <laughs> well there you go there you go <laughs> folks <laughs> there you go <laughs> just, uh, a racket like you said like his mum said well you know there's, there's that <laughs> yeah. point where you start making music that your parents actually like oh this is actually something I can get behind and stuff but it, it, you know the, the, there's a lot of the stuff like on Schlagenheim that it's um, you, it's an acquired taste for some listeners uh, as they would say uh, speaking of which prog rock used to be a bad word in music press especially British music press Ben I think yeah I think so it yeah. was kind of there was this this sort of attitude towards it oh this pompous thing and and stuff are you here to <coughs> to dignify prog is it is it no longer mm, a bad word English press are just stupid anyway. yeah i mean it's, it's, it's the kind of thing of who cares really we can't choose what people are going to say our music is or is not so why you know sit back and you know talk back and forth about we want it presented x way we don't care we just want to do the music do the songs and then that's 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 
I hate that sort of thing of like, oh yeah, this is definitely this sort of music, or this is definitely this sort of music, or kind of ranking things based on um, their kind of place in, um, you know, just genres and everything, and kind of seminal albums and all this, rather than just taking it for itself and, you know, just enjoying the music on its own merits, you know? Yeah. One, of, one of the things I really like about your music is it's not afraid to be complicated. Yeah. And we're always told, like, you know, people kind of want simple music. Do you think that's kind of untrue that kind of people are getting sold? Uh, maybe kind of untrue, but I think people, uh, like the whole prog thing, people have this weird perception of complexity and how, you know, it's a bit like, oh, show offy or whatever. But, you know, these are the same people who are getting down to fucking techno in the club, innit? So it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Like it's a very flawed way of thinking, in my opinion. Another kind of good and bad thing from being a band in Britain is that you have an incredible um, history of music press, building hype, getting the entire world to be excited. And you guys have been mm, sort of lumped with this responsibility of saving rock for want of a better word or music made with instruments let's shall we say uh, in an era when everyone is just making music with laptops do you feel comfortable with that responsibility uh, of, of saving that i don't think we have any responsibility to do <laughs> anything like they say that about every band every year it doesn't matter they're all like no offense they're not like most of them aren't very good at like what they do they're just basically just clickbait generators their business doesn't make any money anymore half of them like the press, like the physical manifestation of their business doesn't exist anymore. Um, there's, you know, we're just doing what we're doing. Um, it doesn't matter what they do. You know, good for us if, if they print nice things about us. It doesn't matter if they print bad things. It's like, hmm. you know, they're just people. And we're just people. But I mean, you know, obviously the press made a, a lovely little sort of, uh, created a scene, shall we say, the, the speedy Wonderground scene, the Brixton windmill from which other uh, people who are also going to be playing Primavera Sound this weekend, uh, Black Country New Road, Squid, you guys, etc. Uh, is that still happening? Is there still that excitement down at the Brixton windmill? Uh, 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 is it still open? Because you guys played a charity gig to try and save it from getting... Um, uh, what they were close, trying to yeah. close yeah. down, right? Yeah, it's still open, but they 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 make as much effort to make sure that there's always new stuff coming in than them just resting on the laurels of like, oh yeah, we've got a few bands that are getting big now. Let's just like sort of rest on that because that's when things go wrong. Like they they they're preoccupied with all the new stuff coming through. They're not worried about us or Squid or Black Country, New Road or anyone like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, the word scene. You know, I don't know how comfortable I feel with that. I understand why people use it, but it's just more so a community hub, in my opinion. And Tim, who books there and sort of like runs it, is just a very forward-thinking, uh, open-minded person. And we need more of those in the world. I was, yeah, I, think. I was going to ask, how, what's it like in London at the moment? Are there still lots of places to play? Because you hear reports of places getting closed down. You know, Soho's coming back. Yeah, it that's really the word is. on the street. Soho's coming back. Really? They've, like, they've opened the a few new venues in Soho. Is that because they're making <laughs> an effort, or like? I guess so. I mean, it's the best place in London, really. But it's just kind of terrible bars and like, shit vibe. But like, like the the, the the kind of it has the potential to be the best place in London by a long if, way. If they re-pedestrianise it, it's over. It's gonna be so epic. It's gonna be chaos. Take away the cars. Be <laughs> yeah, yeah, in it, in um, it. Except for my car. <laughs> <laughs> Two feet. 
Uh, what, what, what you were saying, Morgan, about when you live in a in a boring part of the country, uh, usually it's best it's the best place for creativity because out of boredom come great ideas. Whereas living in a city like London, does it get a little bit distracting sometimes to try and get together and reconvene and and get the creative juices flowing? Uh, I maybe sometimes. I think the fact that we've been doing this for like five, six years now means that we're in a bit of a routine of. You know, we go on the road for a little bit and attempt to write when we are home. Um, but rest is also really important. You know, like it's very intense to always, hey, hey. People waving by in our glass box. <laughs> yeah. We're like, no, we're like caged animals. <laughs> this is cool, man. This is what monkeys and zoos feel like or, or zebras or lions. <laughs> lions. 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 Trick. Um, yeah, I think... It can be difficult sometimes, but also like, I think we're all used to the environment of London now that we can navigate it in the best way possible for ourselves and the band. Hmm. It's because I kind of always, and I hope people in Madrid don't take this the wrong way, but none of the, now it's different, but for years, no good band came out of Madrid, really. All the best bands came from like the provincial towns and UK was kind of the same. All the best bands came from Manchester and Liverpool and... I don't know, this is some very stale cliche that I've been going into and it's not true anymore. But um, I understand you go out of your way to make sure the live performances don't sound anything at all like the recorded music. Is yeah. this true and I why? Mean, yeah, yeah, and we fail because they sound very similar. I mean, you can tell, you can see a live performance and say, it's the same song. There's no one that's going to walk in. Even, I don't know, you know, Helen Keller comes to see a show. She's going to tell that it's the same song on record and live. Sorry. You're not so, gone full Bob Dylan yet? No, no, not no. Quite, but that's the quite. idea. That's, that's, the, that's the kind come. of... That's what we want to get to. Tonight. But we're just too lazy. We're too <laughs> yeah. lazy. Too lazy. Too, too lazy. lazy. We're too lazy. lazy. Rather sleep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me about Hellfire, your new album, which is due out July 15th mm. on Rough Trade, I imagine, and available on all streaming platforms, July 15th. Third album from Black Midi. What can we expect? It's, it's too good. The yeah. best one yet. It's too good. It's produced, Not gonna um, lie. Produced by Manta Saloni and co-produced by Sizzle. 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 Well, we should ask Sizzle. Are you happy with... Is it finished or are you still tweaking? It's, it's the best one. It's done. Sizzle. It's done. It's in the can. It's It's been sent to for pressings and all that. Done and yep. dusted. Yeah. All done of that dusted. stuff, man. Can you give me a little bit more? I mean, what, is it going to be like Cavalcade? What, is, is the is the palette of sounds getting even wider? Well, well look, Sizzle, Sizzle recently did a trip to Barcelona where he was like doing a little bit of monitor engineering for this band Squid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and basically his friend was, his, one of the guys that worked at the venue was friends with Gerard Piquet. And um, dead, he heard dead, Gerard Piquet. Dead man. Football yeah, player right. for Barca. He, he heard that Shakira, like her um, vocal engineer, like had got COVID that day. So like, and she was recording. So he was like, I need a new vocal engineer. So he was like, Sizzle, do you want to hop on? Well, it's a funny place, man. I don't know so where it's going to take Now he's, he's Shakira's you know? vocal you, engineer. You wow. are, are you, are you shitting me? No. Are you really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and she's got an incredible, she does the, <laughs> the little warbly thing. I know. It's an easy job. That's it amazing. She's really nice. I, I like Shakira. Really nice. I really like Nice lady. Shakira's epic, man. Oh, you have to cover that. It's time for Africa. Yeah. Big vibe. I mean, the drums on that, you know, that would be an interesting cover. Black Midi covering Waka Waka. Deep, bro. Potentially. Watch this face. 
Well, it's because anything in your hands turns to gold, I guess. Uh, oh, no, nah, you don't want to hear some of the outtakes, man. Wanna... <laughs> in, in all seriousness, <laughs> some, some of it turns to bile, you know, some of it turns to nuclear waste. Yeah. So I'm not appreciate your enthusiasm, as someone we know would say. But um, <laughs> it's not the day for it today, my friend. It's not the day for it today. And uh, have you had a time? Had you had, have you had time to look at the lineup of who you're sharing the bill with today? Are you staying for the weekend? Are you gonna? Are there any bands you look forward to checking out? Big time! I mean, we're we're in Barcelona for like six days, so bit of El sweatshirt, bit of shellac. Mm. See see uh, Mr. Albini in action. DJ uh, Shadow. Uh, DJ Shadow. DJ Shadow. Yeah. Disclosure. Mm. I ain't trying to lie. That will be a massive vibe. Mm. See you all there. Mm. Uh, that's well, kind who's of the, who's the biggest kind of star real. of Primavera? Who's like the headline of the headliners? Well, I mean, you've got the the pop side where you've got Dua Lipa oh, yeah. uh, cool. headlining. Dua Lipa, uh, yeah, Come yeah, yeah. Uh, but then tonight, a lot of the old guard were really excited about Pavement. Sure, because sure, yeah. it's a legendary heritage act. Um, I'm, more in, I'm more into Rhodes, to be honest. <laughs> Road man, <laughs> do you know what? I think it would be even more epic if ACDC had played this festival. There's a rumor that the manager offered the, the manager of Guns N' Roses offered them to stand in for the Strokes, who've had to cancel tomorrow's yeah. performance due to COVID. Really, Johan, you know where you're going to get with rumors like that. I'm man. getting into <laughs> trouble. I'm always getting into trouble. Guns I'll be fired Roses, by the end Guns of the day. Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. It was, but obviously they were asking for Welcome the kind of money jungle. that you can use to send rockets into space with. Yeah. You know, it's just ridiculous. It's Could like, have just bumped us up the lineup. We would have done it for uh, man. <laughs> a few Guns N' Roses covers. And yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah, we could have done some Do you know, we covers. actually have a... This is true. With, with Sizzle as well, we have a band where we just play ACDC. It's nice. called Before Christ After Rock. I play that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a free slot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We play all the classics, man. Yeah, we play Whole lot of Rosie, yeah, Riff, Rad Boy Boogie. If anyone drops out, let us know. Yeah. What about, like, apart from, apart from rehearsing, recording, going on tour, are you guys hands on with, like, the management of the band? Like, the stuff, the creative decisions that, are go, that go beyond actually just uh, writing music and creating music? Nah, like we said, the label basically just does everything for us. Um, it's easy. Yeah. So easy. Yeah, right. You're in trusty hands. I mean, it's rough trade. It's not yeah. like they're yeah. going to make a big zero out of it. No. Exactly. And when, you know, Mr. Jeff Travis is at the top, you'll, you'll be all right. You'll yeah. be cool. He's not at the top anymore, man. It's Tom. Tom has usurped his, his yeah. own dad. And it's kind of like a robot's vibe. Do you remember that movie? There was the guy who was the old oh, yeah, Mel Brooks was, was like the leader and he was like a cool <coughs> guy. And then the young executive comes in and just destroys the vibe. Yeah. So what can I say? Life imitates art, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you guys stay in shape when you, after the, especially the Schlagenheim tour, where you, where you toured practically all over the world and you realized how exhausting it can be? Uh, do you take steps to like sort of keep fit? Like are Steroids. You... <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've, you've seen our latest press shots, but you know, yeah, they're, sort of... they're real. You know, <laughs> we, we bulked up like that. And then, you know. We January, thought... February, 4,000 calories. Hey, <laughs> man, every fucking day we were lifting weights. We were pumping iron. And, and, and injecting our veins with anabolic steroids. Yeah, man. And then we thought, you know what? This is getting a bit tricky and difficult. So my, Every time my thighs would rub together, <laughs> they'd start bleeding. Yeah. yeah. Chafe, so I thought, this is, this, is, this is more trouble than it's worth. Chafe, chafe. I need to go back to a little hourglass figure, you know, to attract, you know, 
what a wonderful uh, you know <laughs> oh and, and and now here we are we're back to our normal selves but uh yeah it's it's uh oh yo Hey, bro. Hey. Oh, what up? Yeah, Aperol How's it Spritz. Going? Aperol Spritz. Aperol, Aperol Spritz. Spritz. You know about Aperol that. Spritz. Yeah, yeah. Gang, gang. Aperol Spritz is my drink of choice. <laughs> Always drinking it with my boys. Uh, 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 uh. Keep going, bro. Nah, nah, nah. Freestyle his days are over, man. Cool. I'm a, I'm a rock star now. Do you yeah. have any sort of t- like? Remember, like Ed Sheeran was quite a gifted MC before he decided to pick up the acoustic guitar, and he was part of a hip hop crew, wasn't he? Well, Did- he used to play with loads of grime people, didn't he? But yeah. I'm, not sure yeah. if, I'm not sure if he was a gifted MC. I think that might be. Yeah, all right. Like well, yeah, he's a gifted lad in some ways. I mean, have you have you got any kind of embarrassing recordings of you trying to be like the next Eminem or something like that? Oh, uh, I don't know about embarrassing. I know about impressive. <laughs> or inspired. Inspiring, yeah, Inspiring. perfect word. As far as Ed Sheeran goes, let's just pretend he was never mentioned. <laughs> I'm sorry for, for like, damn. So I wish I could just rewind history and unhear his name. I wish I can unspeak his name. I don't want to know that that guy exists. Try saying it backwards. Oh, might work. Good idea. It might work. <laughs> you, might, you might invoke Nearest some kind of. Never, never Nearest thought about death. that. To be fair. Nearest <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and, and do you prefer festival gigs uh, because of the audiences and stuff, or are you more of a club gig venue, closed by black box festivals all day long? Like I the, mean, like the corporate gigs as well. Yeah, yeah, we like we yeah. like we like a paycheck every now and again. But look at this, man! This is fucking cool, isn't it? It's it's a big vibe. I mean, classic. Wh- what are audiences going to see tonight from Black Midi, the band who has had like two years time to? be spending time rehearsing and doing extra things they're gonna see 50 minutes of music by black midi yeah 10 songs or something 11 songs 11 songs we have about 50 minutes to play yeah i said that uh nice there might be some comedy there might be some fights paul jones fights oh yeah paul jones as well our manager he um he's he's a sick guitar player he's a wicked guitar player so he might join us for a little bit but we're gonna have fun. That's you, what we're gonna do. Do you have any rituals before going on stage? Demonic rituals. <laughs> no, you, I don't know. Like Burn or, the or, and, you know. <laughs> or any um, kind of superstitions that fans would be interested to hear about. I'll have some oysters, maybe. Mm. <coughs> don't That's know, it. man. It's just like make sure everyone's in a good mood. You know, it's not a party back there. We just very studious. We kind of are chilling, you know. And then we come on the stage. And just play the show. There's not much to it. It's, it's straightforward. Straightforward. Yeah. Do you take care of your crew? Big time. You tell I mean, me, Susan. The roadies and stuff. Everything's good. I'm happy. Like, is it a nice sort of traveling family where you're all sort of you have you you eat together? It's not just like the roadies one side, the the band the band turning up. I mean, I'm starting on this interview. Says it all. That says it all. That says it all. How do you beat the boredom? Well, you know, the, the, the boredom on the road, those, those grey parts where you have to sit around and wait and you can't plug in yet and, you gotta, and just, there's no one around. John just, Jameson. John Jameson, our, our best friend. Just be silly, man. Just goof around and uh, make shit easier for yourselves. Because, you know, there's a lot of shit that can get you down in the touring world. But just push on through, you know? That's what we try to do. Chuck Kelly. Jack Kelly. Where? No way. No way. Wait, Jack Kelly. Where? No. Nah. 
Jack Kelly. Jack Kelly. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in a glass box here in the center of Primavera Sound, where thousands, hordes of people are walking past, uh, past by, and going to different stages all across the area. Have you seen the size of this place? Crazy. Oh yeah, it's crazy. It's 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 insane, man. Anyway, thank you so much, Black Midi, Jordy, Cameron, Morgan, Sizzle, for joining us here in the studio. Thank you. It's been an honor to interview you, and we're very much looking forward to seeing you play this evening Excellent. thank you for having thank us you. man appreciate it bro nice one thank you. big love man you thank you for watching bye motherfuckers we did it all we seen it all and worse much worse son the massacres of ages too many to recall RPS. RPS.